In this clip, I had my partner, Matt Bontrager, on from TrueBook CPA, and we talk about all the ins and outs of taxes, accounting, what the difference is between an EA and a CPA, as well as many other things business owners need to be doing on the accounting side. So a CPA is a certified public accountant. So you're licensed with the state agency. And the reason that they do that is, is because you are allowed to give an opinion on somebody's financial statements. A lot of people get that term misconstrued. So an EA is an enrolled agent. A CPA is a certified public accountant. EA, you are licensed with the IRS. And it's essentially you've taken, I think it's three tests and you have some basic level of understanding of tax and how the IRS tax system works. A CPA, certified public accountant, you have to have a college education essentially, almost the equivalent of a master's degree, 150 credits, and you have to pass four exams. And not only that, but you have to pass all four within 18 months or else they start to lapse. Right. And the biggest thing is when you're a CPA, you are essentially trusted by the public to give an opinion on someone's financial statements. So what you'll find is certain lenders will come to a CPA or come to a client and say, hey, we need these audited. And what that is, is a CPA can look at a set of financials, perform some tests and say, hey, I give an opinion that these are fairly and you know immaterial of any known errors and they're accurate. And so to do that, that's why you kind of hold this, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but that's why you're so heavily regulated, right? We need 40 hours of you know continuing education every year, minimum of 80 across two years. And you do need that sort of uh, college education and sort of background to be able to even take the test because yeah. um, you're sort of held to that standard. That's yeah. the gold standard in college if you're an accountant is to shoot for your CPA exams. Yeah. 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 To me, and look, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a CPA or <laughs> anything, anything close to it, but um, to me, it's like when I look at um, EA, it's kind of like becoming a realtor. It's like you don't need a college degree to become a realtor. You don't need... It's a quicker process yeah, for sure. You can get you know, whatever. Is it a license your EA? You can get yeah. your EA license, your license like really yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, they're definitely different. Um, and I think that's what makes us, uh, pretty unique is I think almost all of our people are CPAs, CPAs or trade. sitting for the CPA exam. So yeah. yeah, some of the newer people that we've hired are eligible to sit for the exam. So they've done those sort of requirements. requirements. Yeah. yeah. And, and one thing to notice too, is an EA is tax. A CPA can be tax or audit. Right. So back to that whole commenting on financial statements, yeah. right? That's where I started. I didn't even start in tax. I, you know, I started tax later on in my career, but, um, yeah. I just got to ask you, okay, this is on camera as somebody who's, uh, you know, risk averse and leaving that cushy salary job to go start your own business. Like, what was it like? And did you think it would be where it is today? I didn't think it would be where it is this quick. Because yeah. I've seen other firms up and start, you know, in this valley in the same town. So I know that the growth for other firms doesn't happen this fast. Um, we'll probably do what a normal firm would do in eight to 10 years and three or four. So um, yeah. very quick. It wasn't as scary as I thought because I had the work. You were already big enough at that point that you had quite a bit of work. So it did help supplement the income that I had coming in. Um, but I was definitely pretty nervous, right? I, I had my <laughs> first child at that time. He was a little uh, like six months maybe. Um, and I don't know, it was something, something that I had thought about a lot, but I guess when I took it like on a day by day, week by week, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Like, you know, as we were progressing along, it's funny. I was just telling somebody yesterday though, that if I had to go back and lost it all, no matter what, I would make 40,000 on my own before I went back and made 150 with like a corporation. Mm. 
because of having your own schedule and not having to answer to somebody necessarily all the time. And like now during COVID and like having to stay home and things like that with the kids and it, and like having a family, as you know, like there's things that happen all the time. And so I would make way less money to be able to have my own schedule and have my own business before I went back and worked for big corporate. This has always been my philosophy. And this is also why a lot of my content is so shortened to the point is like the more you get wrapped up in the details, the more or the less action you end up taking because like people, I just think people overthink everything and they just get caught up in the what ifs and the, you know, what if it doesn't happen like this? And like, what are we going to do in this situation? It's like, dude, cross that situation when it comes. Mm -hmm. It may never happen. Like making up problems in your Yeah, Yeah. And everyone does it. I'm just like, dude, why would we worry about a problem that doesn't exist? Like, that's so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? And that's what I've kind of seen now. We've kind of just hit the ground running and dealt with problems as they've come up and it couldn't be any better. The growth has still been insane. Yeah, and, you know, every business has problems. That's why we get paid. You have problems internally. You have problems with client. You have problems with the economy, the shutdown, like whatever, dude. Like, if you think that, you can a plan for every problem. If you could plan for COVID and all the stimulus money and the inflation, mm-hmm. then you're um, you're a genie, dude. Yeah. Like you can just predict any. I don't even know if a genie is the right word. You're a freaking psychic. Psychic uh, would be yeah. You're a magician. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I just uh, I wanted to tell that story because I think it's important for anyone listening to this who's starting a business who's like, oh man, I need uh, the whole blueprint. I need to know how it's going to play out. It's like, dude, you're never going to know. Literally taking a step forward, no matter what the step is, is I would say better than sitting there contemplating what could go wrong or what you should do. If you have some sort of sense of direction, keep pushing forward. Yeah. You just need like the vision of where you want to be. Yeah. Fail, fail forward. Is that what they say? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I actually, I'm reading a book right now. That's, um, really good. I think it's, uh, how will you measure your life? It's the title. Mm. And they talk about how 93% of businesses that, you know, stay in business and are successful, you are using a different strategy than the initial strategy that they started with. And so they may have had their business plan at startup and then they, you know, go try and execute that plan. And then all of a sudden they figure out this is a bad plan, right? But by going through that bad plan, they realize what's a good plan Mm -hmm. and then they become successful, but only because they tried the initial plan Mm -hmm. and the ones that go out of business are the ones who try that initial plan. They realize it's not good, but they stay with it because they're like, well, this is the plan, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's just keep throwing more money at the plan and they're not willing to be flexible or adapt. And what's crazy is like, let's take that example. Let's say a visionary comes up with plan a integrator starts to put in these processes and steps to, go on that plan and a year later they evaluate and the visionary again is like, no, wrong plan. Yep. But maybe the integrator can't call it. And so again, that 10, 15 minutes that the visionary takes is like, no, this was a bad move. Then, you know, that's why it does take that balance of both people. Because if you're so in the details in the day-to-day, you can't sometimes step out to see the big picture. You can't. You're too detailed. You're too in the details. And I think too, a lot of people would be so attached. They're like, dude, I just put a year into this plan and it's not like, dude, we got to still. It's like their baby. Yeah. Yeah. True. (laughs) And I'm like, so like, I can't abort this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, yes, but I can't get. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at it. I'm like, nah, this plan sucks. Like it's not working. Got it. Yeah. Hot route (laughs) pivot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I said from the beginning with true books, 
2020, like, let's just see what happens. I don't know how this is going to play out. Like, I know we're going to be successful. We will figure it out. We've always figured it out in every mm-hmm. business, but I just don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. And, you know, now we have a much better, um, you know, idea of what works, what doesn't work, but we're still adapting. We're still doing new things, you know, now, like with buying, um, these buildings with Pineda Capital, we're, we're learning a whole lot more about, you know, how that side of it works with working with all these accredited investors and, you know, these cost segregations and these big buildings, like, you know, it's a whole new ball game and we're just constantly learning and applying new things. Always. Yeah. You got to do, I think to stay relevant now. Yeah, man, the world's moving quick. You got to be adapting. I remember, um, it's funny. I, I had a conversation with Noel yesterday and I was just kind of reflecting, right? Like in order to figure out what you want to do going forward, it requires you to reflect on all the decisions you've made and what you've learned from those decisions. And so, you know, I thought about what's made us successful, um, and kind of like my game plans for each specific year. So like I can vividly remember in 2018, my first full year in business up to that point, I played baseball and business, like business was a side hustle for me. I was making a lot of money for a side hustle, but in the end I was playing baseball more than I was doing business. And 2018 was the first year I was full time. And I I had this goal. I said, the goal this year is to become one of the biggest, if not the biggest flipper in Las Vegas. Like I want to do over a hundred flips I need everyone to know who I am because it's going to make, you know, things way easier. We're going to raise more money. People are going to want to work with me. Um, We're going to get more deals sent to us because everyone knows who we are. And I set out and I accomplished that goal. And that was my first time ever building like complexity in a business, hiring people, spending money on marketing, um, having positions and like managing, you know, 60 flips at once. Like there was nothing that could prepare me for what that took. I just had to go Mm -hmm. through it and learn it. Right. And I learned that after going through that, there was a lot of errors I was making. And it wasn't until 2019 when, you know, I go into that year that we actually had a down year from 2018. And that was when I first um, reached out to you and I'm like, man, we're having a down year. I need to figure out why. And you see my numbers. Yeah. I need to know my numbers because I'm not tracking them. Like I know 2018, I did great but I just didn't know why or how it was happening. And had I had my numbers, I would have known I was actually getting very lucky because what was happening in 2018 was there was so much appreciation, just like there is today. And I was going over budget on every single project. The timelines were taking forever, but I was still making money. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, we're making money. Like I'm running this business so good. But if I would have known truly what was happening, I would have saw all the cracks in my business and it would have prevented me from a world of hurt in 2019 where, you know, between all the bad deals I got, I lost $500,000 on just bad deals alone. Now, granted, still made money. It was fine. But I had to pay a $500,000 mistake um, in 2019. And 2019 for me was the year of actually building a true business around what I had already created, like making systems, processes, having books, like doing the right things. So 2019, I do that, right? 2020, go into the year. Um, we now are starting true books. You know, the rest of the businesses, it, we're structuring them way better, right? We, we hire COOs. We understand how the visionary and the integrator work. And um, everything's going full force. And then I make this decision 
in March to just be like, you know what? I'm going to be an influencer. Like, and it was a, it was a decision that I don't think people understood why I was going to go do it. Um, in the companies because, and, and like you said, you were frustrated. You were like, dude, I need more time. And I'm like, I don't have time. Like I'm busy filming and doing what I think is the right move. And it was just a move that I felt like making because I just thought the world was headed that way. And I thought there was a big opening with the lockdown that dude, everyone's going to watch social media. I think everyone's going to consume content and I need to, I think this is the best possible move I can make for these businesses. Thanks for watching that clip from the Ryan Pineda show. If you want to see the full interview, you can actually find it in the link below. Make sure you're also subscribed on both YouTube and Apple podcast.